Our New Testament lesson today comes from Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 1, beginning with the first verse. Paul, called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and our brother Sosthenes, to the church of God that is in Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, together with all those who in every place call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to my God always for you, because of the grace of God that has been given you in Christ Jesus, for in every way you have been enriched in him, in speech and knowledge of every kind, just as the testimony of Christ has been strengthened among you, so that you are not lacking in any spiritual gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ. He will also strengthen you to the end, so that you may be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful. By him you were called into the fellowship of his Son. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, we didn't plan it this way. For there to be new members that joined at 9 o'clock, and for there to be a baptism at 11.15, on the day that this particular scripture text was read. We didn't plan it, but it couldn't be more appropriate that the day we think about how we greet one another, how we see one another, and how we speak to one another, Well, that that would be the day we are introduced to new members of our family of faith. In today's epistle lesson, we hear some of Paul's most common words, the words he uses to introduce himself and address the church in his letters. He's incredibly formulaic in this regard. Within the first few verses of every letter collected in scripture, he says, grace to you and peace from God. In Romans, to all God's beloved in Rome who are called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God. In both letters to the Corinthians, to the church of God, to those called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God. To the churches of Galatia, grace to you and peace from God. To the saints who are in Ephesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, Grace to you and peace from God. To the saints and faithful brothers and sisters in Christ in Colossia. To the church of the Thessalonians. To Timothy, my beloved child in the faith. To Titus, my loyal child in the faith. To Philemon, our dear friend and co-worker. Grace to you and peace from God. Now if you have read even just a bit of Paul, you can rest assured that he doesn't use these words simply because he has nothing else to say. But neither is it a dry and formulaic greeting filled with meaningless niceties. Paul has never been particularly worried about being nice. But as someone who had a conversion experience, as someone whose entire identity changed right down to his name, Paul is always worried about how we understand who we are and who our neighbors are. 
In every letter he writes, he addresses the issues that are going on with that particular community. He has been to visit all of them in person at one time or another, but his ministry keeps him on the move. So to maintain these relationships, he writes letters offering insight and advice, some that was requested and some that was not, but was offered nevertheless. But always, always before anything else he has to say, he tells his recipients the good news about themselves, the truth of who they are, people upon whom grace has been bestowed and peace has been given. Back when I was in seminary, one of my classmates was named Audrey. I remember the class we were in. It was an elective called the Bible from the Underside. Now, I don't remember what prompted Audrey to tell us this story, but I'll never forget what she said. She shared with us that from the youngest age she could remember, her mother taught her that whenever she was frustrated with another person, or whenever she was put down by another person, or whenever in the midst of any sort of exchange, she was at her wit's end. She was to look at this other individual, to really look at them and repeat over and over again, child of God, child of God, they are a child of God. Now, Audrey was quick to assure us that sometimes that reminder came through clenched teeth and with more than a little bit of uncertainty. But she also said that it influenced the way she looked at everyone she encountered. I hope that someday I will be as faithful and graceful as Audrey and her mother. But all of this leads me to wonder, what if the first thing we said to one another, or at least the first thing we thought about one another before anything else in our every interaction was a, gen was a genuine recognition that the person in front of us is a beloved child of God. A scholar who has studied both the Bible and human psychology says this, a crucial dynamic in human relationships is the perception that people have of themselves and of others. If a person perceives himself as articulate and competent, he will interact with others in a way of which he would not have been capable if he had seen himself as fumbling and inept. If a person perceives others as informed and able, she will deal with them in ways that she would not if she saw them as incompetent and ill-informed. Furthermore, the way people respond to her will be strongly influenced by the perception that she has of them. People sense how they are viewed by others, and they respond accordingly. If people discern that another has high regard for them, they will live up to that expectation. Conversely, if they discern that the other has a low opinion of them, their attitude and behavior almost always reflects that assessment. 
the way that we greet one another, the way that we address one another, is far more powerful than we often realize. I am reminded of this several times every day, every time I walk past someone begging for money or food on the street. I remember expressing to a friend how difficult I found this, that no matter what I did, the need so dramatically overwhelms my ability to help. And he said, Jenny, you may not be able to give every one of them money or a meal, but you can give every one of them the dignity of eye contact. And you can offer every one of them a few words that acknowledges their humanity. My friend is right. It is so easy to get caught up in big ideas of justice and truth and then neglect the small, everyday opportunities that wait around every corner to extend everyday kindness and compassion grace and peace. Passing the peace is the moment in worship when we practice this with one another. And you are very good at that. We practice inside these walls so that we are prepared to pass the peace outside of these walls, too. Augustine of Hippo, in one of his Easter sermons, he instructed his congregants about this. Now keep in mind that back in his day, the tradition around this liturgical moment was different, but the meaning remains when we are at our best. He said, after peace be with you is exchanged, Christians embrace one another with a holy kiss. This is a sign of peace. Let peace be made in your conscience. That is, when you draw that near to your neighbor, you will never, ever let your heart withdraw from theirs again. The offering of grace and the passing of peace, it finds its way into our day mostly in those small and unseen moments when we live together seeking to love parents and spouses and kids, friends and enemies, the barista who hands us our coffee, the people in the pew behind us with the lively toddler, the neighbor who doesn't get out too much, the colleague who drives us crazy, even the pastor who puts pictures on the bulletin cover and gluten-free bread in the communion plates. Andrea Gibson is a spoken word poet who understands the power of words, the power of how we speak to one another, and the meaning and weight that each word can carry. Their poem entitled Letter to the Playground Bully from Andrea, age eight and a half, reads like this. Maybe there are cartwheels in your mouth. Maybe your words will grow up to be gymnasts. Maybe you have been kicking people with them by accident. I know some people get a whole lot of rocking in the rocking chair, and the ones who don't sometimes get rocks in their voice boxes, and their voice boxes become slingshots. 
So maybe you think my heart looks like a baby squirrel. But you absolutely missed when you told the class I have head lice, because I 100% absolutely do not have head lice. And even if I do, it is a fact that head lice prefer clean heads over dirty ones, so I am clean as a whistle on a teapot. My mother says it is totally fine if I blow off steam, as long as I speak in an octave my kindness can still reach. My kindness knows mermaids never, ever miss their legs in the water because there are better ways to move through the ocean than kicking. So guess what? If I ever have my own team, I am picking everyone first, even the worst kid and the kid with a stutter like a skipping record because I know all of us are scratched even if you don't hear it when we speak. My mother says most people have heartbeats that are knocking on doors that will never open, and I know my heart is a broken freezer chest because I can never keep anything frozen. So no, I am not always crying. I am just thawing outside of the lines. And even if I am always crying, it is a fact that salt is the only reason everything floats so good in the Dead Sea. And just because no one ever passes notes to me doesn't mean I am not super duper. In fact, my super duper might be a buoy or a paper boat the next time your nose gets stuck up the river. Because it is a fact that our hearts stop for a millisecond every time we sneeze. And some people's lives have too much dust. Some people's fathers are like addicts. I've heard addicts have monsters in their walls and shaky stairs. I think if I lived in a house with an attic, I'd nightmare a burglar in my safety chest. And maybe I'd look for rest in the sticks and stones. Because my mother says a person can only swallow so much punch before he's drunk on his own fist. But the only drunk I ever knew was sleeping in the alley behind our church. And Jesus even turned water into wine. So even God apparently has bad days. But on your bad day, couldn't you just say, I'm having a bad day? Instead of telling me I'm stupid or poor or telling me I dress like a boy. Maybe I am a boy and a girl. Maybe my name is Andrea Andrew. So what? It is a fact that bumblebees have hair on their eyes, and humans also should comb through everything they see. Like an anchorman is not a sailor, and like the clouds, they might be a pillow fight. Like my mother says, every bird perched on a telephone wire will listen to the conversations running through its feet to decide the direction of its flight. So I know that every word we speak can make hurricanes in people's weather vanes or shine their shiny shine. So maybe sometime you could sit beside me on the bus and I could say, guess what? It is a fact that manatees have vocal cords but do not have ears. And Beethoven made music even when he could no longer hear. And I know that every belt that has hit someone's back is still a belt that was built to hold something up. And it is a fact that Egyptians slept on pillows made of stone, but it is not hard for me to dream that maybe one day you will write me back. Like the day that I wrote the lightning bug to say I smashed my mason jar and I threw away the lid. I didn't want to take a chance I'd grow up to be a war. I want to be a belly dance or an accordion or a pogo stick,
or the fingerprints the mason left in the mortar between the bricks to prove that he was here, to prove that he built a roof over someone's head to keep the storm from their faith. My mother says that's why we all were born, and I think she's right. So write back soon. Sincerely yours. Write back, Andrea begs. Write back soon. The Bible is chock full of letters. It was the most common communication at the time. And every one that Paul wrote begins this way. Grace to you and peace from God. So whether for you it's letters or email or texting or phone calls or interactions on the street, however it is that you greet another human being, practice the words we all need to say and we all need to hear, words that remind us of the very core identity imprinted on each one of us. Grace to you and peace from God. Grace and peace to each of you and to everyone you meet. Pray with me. Gracious God, we believe. Help our unbelief. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.